Hello, my B-Nake buddies. How's it going? This is Saker reporting back in from the front lines of this quarantine crisis that we find ourselves currently in. Think of this as a little mini vacation from Bare Naked Ladies are me. You probably needed it. I don't know. We're we're in <laughs> we're still in the good part of the album. At the very least, Ev and I could use the vacation before we have to get into the trenches of this one. Um, as you may have already surmised, uh, this is n- yet again not a regular episode. Um, Evan is still deadly sick, deathly. He's he's taken ill. He's got uh, vapors. Uh, he's got uh, the, the the chills. Um, He's got maladies beyond our wildest dreams or understanding, uh, which has necessitated another week of kind of chilling out and figuring it out. Um, hopefully, 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 we are going to get back to, uh, what is it? Maybe you're right next week. God, I think it's, it's been so long. I don't even remember what fucking song we're on, people. Um, I think it's Maybe You're Right. Uh, we're going to get to that next week. For this week, oh, it's Take It Back, not Maybe You're Right. We already did Maybe You're Right. I can't remember where we are. Take It Back. Um, For this week, what we have going on, uh, we are going to flash back to July of this year. Um, I was on the podcast Bare Naked ABCs. We talk about them a lot on this podcast. Uh, Their main host, Tracy, uh, was on our celebrity episode, given his opinion about that song. Um, So this is an episode from July of this year where I was on their podcast, talking about the Bare Naked Ladies cover of Fight the Power. So, um, that's what we're going to listen to this week. Again, little bonus ditty here. Hopefully we're going to be back with all new episodes straight from the Zoom chat meeting this time next week. In the meantime, stay safe. I love you all. Go check out Bare Naked ABCs if you're still in need of some content. They're still pumping it out week after week. Uh, the good folks that they are. Uh, you can find them on any of your podcasting services. Uh, use this as your entree to that podcast. In the meantime, folks, um, stay safe out there. It's a, it's a crazy world. Get yourself a, a coffee date through Skype. It's going to be okay. I promise. We'll be back next Tuesday. Cross your fingers with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Until then, we'll see you in one week. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where I think I must have done something oppressive to the rest of my co-hosts because they have said fight the power and have abandoned me for the week. But no worries. I'm sure that I'll get back into their good graces, you know, in a week or two. But in the meantime, I am ecstatic to say that I have with me this week, Saker, from It's All Been Done podcast. How's it going, man? It's going pretty great. I'm glad to have you on. Yeah, I understand. You you lose your co-host, you have to poach from the other BNL podcast. <laughs> That's rough, dude. You didn't tell me that coming in. <laughs> I didn't know that coming in. Uh, well, it's weirdly, been a slow attrition throughout the week. 
Aaron and Evan now have a podcast that they're doing, which is very strange to me. I think they abandoned us for I, their own. Is yeah. that what they've done? That's what that's that's the scuttlebutt. That's the word on the street. Yes. Then I gotta figure out where Michelle's done gone off to again. <laughs> I hope I hope that Weird Alpod has not stolen her again. <laughs> I thought we had that all like patched up and, and taken care of. I'm gonna have to give them a right. Oh, are you guys? And you guys are head to head with the the Weird Al podcast. They are your sworn enemies, correct? Oh, they were. I I, I thought we were okay, but uh, sure. maybe that's, not. I gotta say that's a little bit hurtful to me because as we say every week on our podcast, we hate you guys and you are our sworn enemy. So for it not to be mutual <laughs> makes me very sad. I mean, I'm just, I, I, it doesn't make me a happy man. Well, it's like that whole thing from Batman. You think you're my greatest enemy. Yes. You're obsessed with us. Uh, no, we're not. Yes, you are. No, we're not. Yes, you are. Who else drives you to one up in the way that we do? Alphabetical. No, they don't. They aren't even around anymore. The Adventure Zone podcast. Nuh-uh. They don't even cover music. Weird alphabet. Okay, weird alphabet aren't bad guys. Then I'd say we don't currently have a nemesis. We are fighting with a few different people. What? We like to fight around. Okay, look. I'm fine with you fighting other people if you want to do that, but but what we have here is special. So when people ask you, who's your number one bad guy, you say... This might be a podcast. Are you seriously saying that, that there's nothing, nothing special about our relationship? Whoa. Let me tell you something. IAPD, Bare Naked ABCs, doesn't do ships. What? Yeah. Uh, even, I don't know what I meant there. I, I suppose you are our greatest rivals, even though there is room for everyone in this world. Okay. Enough with the movie quotes. <laughs> so you wait. Are you setting yourself up as the as the Batman of the uh, trivial bands that people Ooh. sort of care about now? Universe. I like it. <laughs> Although I have to admit, I'm probably more the Green Lantern than I am Batman. Okay. All right. I guess that makes us like Parallax or Zalarap or some dumb bullshit. <laughs> we, we came shortly after you and are like a Bizarro version of you. <laughs> well, maybe you could be Sinestro. That's better. There we go. That Sinestro's makes a lot more sense. A much and better not, version. Yeah, not as deep of a pull as Zalarap, so I think people will probably latch onto that quicker, too. So good <laughs> good call, as usual. You win. Is that what you want to hear? You win. No, because I have to admit, I'm, <laughs> and being as much of a geek, I'm like, yeah, I actually know all those references. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure you... I, listen, as we talk about, again, on my dumb <laughs> podcast all the time, uh, you have to, if you're a fan of the Bare Naked Ladies, you are a, a huge geek. You were oh. ostracized in high school, and that's what turned you towards the dark side of one week. And now you are where you are today in your <laughs> IT job or on your Twitch streams or whatever it is the hell you do. By the way, your guest that you had last week that was talking about the geek theory around Bare Naked Ladies, absolutely love that discussion. Oh, sure. Cap is, again, uh, I when I was talking, Cap and Evan were talking over my head 90% of the time. She is very, very <laughs> smart. It was a delight to have her. <laughs> So you guys are halfway through Maroon now. Oh my god, we are, and it's it is horrible to to look into listen, I love Bare Naked Ladies, but I know right now <laughs> we're on the top of the hill. Like I can yeah. look above me or by, beyond me and I can see what's coming and I, I dread the the post blam era. Um, but you know, <laughs> we we've made a choice, we've made a decision, it is what it is, but I am loving Maroon right now. It is such a joy. 
No, it, it's, I think, one of the better albums out there. So I'm really glad that you guys are on that one right now. Yeah, yeah. I always say it's my favorite, and I haven't given it a a proper listen in a really long time. So now that we're going through it again, I'm I was nervous. I was wondering if I was viewing it through rose colored glasses, like ah maybe this is gonna. But no, so far it is just as wonderful as as I remember it being. So I'm I'm pleased with it. Yeah, see, I don't get to figure that out until the very end of the podcast, how that's all going to end up wrapping up for us. Yeah, (laughs) That's one of the the benefits of the way that you guys are going about this. (laughs) At the end of an album, you're like, yeah, I really enjoyed this as much as I thought I would. Do you guys do that? We have to hit, like, the Ys. (laughs) Yes. Well, at the end of every letter, I think you guys should pretend like that was an album. Like, the A album. How was that album? (laughs) Like, oh, that album sucked ass. It didn't make any sense. The Numbers album was two songs long. That album fucking sucks. Now, see, that's what I love about your podcast. You have all these wonderful, great ideas. I wish I was as witty as that to come up with that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you that's can why steal I just it. do it the, the ABC way, because I'm like, it's easy, it's cut and dry, I don't have sure. to be witty. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but you are, you all are. It's such a good podcast. We we, we truly love you guys. I, well, I'm actually, you. I'm looking at, at uh, the track listing for uh, Maroon right now, just to kind of refresh myself where it falls in the alphabet. Um, we have a we have uh, a lot of late. We have too little, too late. Pinch me, sell, sell, sell. Tonight is the night I fell asleep at the wheel. You guys, that's like way further than you are right now, right? You won't be hitting the hits until Ooh. way later. Oh, much, much, much later. <laughs> we just hit falling for the first time. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's a delight. The first yeah. time when you invited me on for Born Human, uh, you shared with me a uh, Excel document that you had made that listed like, well, we're going to be doing Pinch Me on uh, February 2nd, 2021. And we're go- like, <laughs> you listed every single song <laughs> and the date you would be doing it, which is the most optimistic thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> It is totally optimistic, and I have to say it was really super easy, because all I had to do was get it to add a week on each layer. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I haven't even looked that far ahead, because it's actually kind of depressing to sit there and go, we'll be done with this podcast (laughs) in, oh, 23... 2023. Sure. Oh, sure. God. <laughs> yeah, that's what Ev says to me all the time. The other day, he just messaged me. He's like, hey, we're almost through Maroon. That's like almost done, right? And I was like, oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> no, you got a long way to go, buddy. We're on album five out of 12. Exactly. It feels so. like it's like you're, you're on the, the nice, easy part of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. When we are in all in good time and grinning streak, I will be ripping my teeth out live on air. <laughs> it's going to be some great epos. Going to be good content. You're going to have to give video of that, though. Oh, sure. Sure. We'll be doing video cast for those apps. Yeah. <laughs> How do we get you on an episode? Because here's the problem. You can have me on for B-sides because we'll never exactly. cover them. We can never literally never have you on an episode because you're going to do every <laughs> single one, right? Well, I can always come on. I just I, maybe one that I've already covered. Okay, all right, that makes sense. So, yeah. And there's plenty of them. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's true, that's we're, true. We're on, a, we're right. on episode 79. We're, we're plugging along. Now, you really are, I'm impressed. Yeah. Now, of course, there's 284 as of right now, and if, unless they release more. Sure. Um. <laughs> sure. Well, 
if if we're really getting into the weeds on where we are, I'm looking right now. We're on episode 64, but that also includes like the episode where we talk about Fraggle Rock for the entire episode and not bare naked ladies, and the episode where we, you know, just uh, talk about uh, an interview with Paul Meyer. So we have a lot of like dumb bullshit in ours. So yeah, we're we're both making it work though. We're making it work. You are, and I have to say, one of my favorite episodes. It, no, I guarantee it, my favorite episode was tiny little little tiny ah, whatever it is tiny little song i'll say it is i always mess this one up and you just call yourselves that. the fans yeah yeah i was telling them last week i was like i can never get the name of that song right it's the shortest yeah, song it's in the wrong order yeah canadians are insane yeah and straw hat and old dirty hank not dirty right. old hank yeah their adjective order as i've said before is insane. very odd but the, yeah, my favorite yeah. episode is Tiny Little Song because <laughs> where we what, play D and D, where you guys play D and D as bare naked ladies characters. I was laughing the whole. That's episode. right. Uh, so I that that <laughs> I'm so glad you like that one. That was the most the most work I've ever done because we had to like go into the studio where the Crypto Naturalist, our good friend Jared Anderson, uh, he is an actual professional podcaster who does a good podcast that many people enjoy. So he was going to be one of the characters. We went to his studio. I made sure I scrounged up enough mics and then we recorded it. And then, you know, the nightmare scenario happened where he said, um, only one of the mics actually picked anything up after we had tested it a million times. So uh, we ended up having to scrape that one together, but I'm glad you oh, enjoyed yeah. it. It's not one I recommend people listen to but i'm glad you enjoy the audio it. quality yeah, you know we all have our episodes where it does that <laughs> sure. i can guarantee we sure. have definitely had those um the product that was in there was amazing and hilarious so oh well thank you thank uh, you now, now i think what we need to do is we need to convince someone that's in the computer graphics design world to go out mm-hmm. and do a mortal Kombat version but with bare naked ladies characters Oh my goodness, that sounds like a dream. I'd be into that. I would buy that, and I would probably end up like taking ti- so much time off for work, I would lose my job. <laughs> but is there just six playable characters, or do you have unlockables like you could play as Gordon, and you can play as and like... Dirty Old Hank? Oh, Dirty uh- Old Hank. Oh <laughs> man, yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, there's so many options. Actually, we've, we've considered for a while uh, in, I think... Um, uh, born on a pirate ship, we ran out of questions, and so I had made this, uh, which is, of course, people can only ask, like, which ice cream flavor are each of the bare naked ladies enough times where they ran out of stupid shit to ask us, but, um, uh, so I made a bracket of a bunch of different bare naked ladies narrators, and I had a bunch of different, like, things that they would do, so it would be, like, the narrator of some fantastic versus the narrator of just a toy in a cooking contest who would win, and we'd talk it out, and they would move on to the next bracket, and then a freestyle rap battle with the same thing narrator versus the I know narrator <laughs> like but we thankfully got more questions so that people weren't subjected to that <laughs> well it was I love I also love this the wheel that you guys do like you guys oh yeah yeah are great in terms of coming up with ideas it's a lot of fun to listen to you oh thank you so much been- I love thank you for in- inviting me onto your mutual masturbation podcast where we just say how much we like each other the whole time. That's my favorite. <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say the same thing. <laughs> we are talking about the Wizard of Wonderland today. Um, no, today we will be talking about a another B-side <sighs> that is not on any of the albums that you guys will cover, I'm guessing. Correct. By the way, are you guys... We will, we will not be covering the Conehead soundtrack. Uh, and you don't have to give it away here. I'm interested to find out whether or not you guys will be covering Hidden Sun. 
when it comes down to this, the end of this album? Um, so when it comes down to it, I am kind of the final arbiter of what we cover and what we don't cover. And Hidden Sun for me was always a canonical part of Maroon. Uh, so yes, we will be covering Hidden Sun when we get down to it. It's going to be fun to listen to that. I'm excited. Oh yeah. Kevin's first, uh, big day in town. Unfortunately, I don't get to listen to like a third of what you guys have recorded so far. Cause I always wait till after <laughs> we're done before I listen to it. Yeah. So yeah, that's a bummer. So this week we're going to be listening to... A song that's not a Bare Naked Ladies song, but it is a Bare Naked Ladies song. It's them covering Fight the Power in their own interesting way a number of times. 1989, so the originally the song was written by Carlton Reidenhauer, better known as Chuck D for Public Enemy. Um, they were, it's also given credit to Eric Sadler, Hank Shockley, and Keith Shockley. Interestingly enough, it's not given any credit to Flava Flav, who gives all the Flava in the mm. background. <laughs> but. He's not called Flava D or Flava Sadler. Exactly. There's three major canonical areas that you can find this song. Um, it was a big part of their early days history. Um, so this is what they used to play when they're out doing gigs all the time. Um, not quite sure why. I'm guessing Ed was the big rap person. Um, but it's interesting to hear him, the influences that he's had in his life. You have rap on one side mm -hmm. and country mm -hmm. on the other. Um, so you can find this on the yellow tape. You can find this on the Conehead soundtrack. <laughs> and you can find this on a recent CD, which I've only been able to get through Amazon.com. Um, Amazon.com, if you want to give us any credit, please send us money. <laughs> uh, but they sell this CD called Hello City Live from Toronto in 1991, um, although they didn't release it until 2017. And it is from a June 15th, I'm trying to get the date right, June 15th, 1991 concert in Toronto. Um, I believe it was at the Horseshoe, which is one of the places they frequented quite mm -hmm. a bit. It's also the place where where Ed and Steve first got on stage and played with Andy and Jim. So. Oh, okay. So this is a historic Bare Naked Ladies landmark. Right. Okay. So it wasn't that date that that happened, but it was, sure. yeah, that was, that was one of the historic landmarks. For them. Wait, all four of them didn't get up on stage and start playing music together and like, fight the power immediately. <laughs> that amazes me. I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they probably all could have pulled that off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it. They are all consummate musicians. <laughs> because from the way the story goes, when I was reading the book that you had talked about, that you talked to the author about, Paul Myers, mm -hmm. they actually did that. Like, Ed and Steve were touring, and then, like, they came home. They were doing some concerts between the tour, mm -hmm. the two breaks of the tour, and they were playing at the Horseshoe, and they invited Andy and Jim... Andy and Jim just to come up on stage and they just started jamming right there that's, on stage. Yeah, that's such an incredible story. Um, yeah, <laughs> like I mean, I, yeah, attest to, you know, how, how incredible they are. There's no... Here's the interesting thing. So they cover this song, but none of the versions where they cover this song do they cover all the lyrics. Uh, yeah, I think the Coneheads version gets pretty close, right? Right. Yeah. That's, that... that's the closest they get. What are they missing in that one? Maybe I just for, uh, missed. Uh, 
Now you're asking me something I didn't research. <laughs> okay. I mean, they do they do change I it sat up. there reading all the lyrics and going down through it, but I didn't highlight, like, oh, here's this sure, one. Sure, sure. Because just because there was too many versions. Sure. Well, they, they, they do, they, they change it up, especially the third verse where, you know, Elvis was a hero to most, Buddy, and then they, they riff on Buddy for a while instead of Buddy Never Meant Shit to Me. They do their right. little, yeah, Buddy Elvis, or Buddy Epson, Buddy Rich. Um, and right. I, beyond that, I feel like it was pretty similar right i think so yes yeah they, they kept pretty close to it the biggest change was the intro on hello city live from toronto well burn hollywood burn i smell a riot going on first you're guilty now you're gone yeah i'll check out a movie it'll take a black one to move me give me the hell away from this tv all these news and views are beneath me all right fellas i don't know any more words and on that one i had to write down the lyrics because you can't actually find them anywhere so i spent mm-hmm. a good 15 minutes in there and trying to decipher all that it must have been a really hot temperature in the club that night or something was going on with fire because they kept making these reactions with the other songs or in between songs to fire and how hot it was and and it actually says just before the song if there's any newspaper reporters in the audience i think the quote for the paper tomorrow is bare naked ladies fans would rather burn than leave the concert early and then you got steve in the background goes oh no here comes kurt russell a reference to backdraft. Sure, yes. Well, and then at the beginning of the song, uh, they do, uh, of course, the, the Burn Hollywood Burn part from Public Enemy's Burn Hollywood Burn, the song Burn Hollywood Burn. Is that what that is from? Okay, I, I have to admit, I don't know rap well enough. Yeah, so, so yeah, they, they do, it's okay, they do, they, do, uh, they do Public Enemy's Burn Hollywood Burn, which is another Public Enemy song, and then they, they kind of call backs, because instead of Fight the Power in the middle, they start saying Fight the Fire. Uh, right. For Burn Hollywood, yeah. So, I'm glad so, that you expect, I, I spent an hour this week going back and going wait this is 1991 were they referencing the la riots like is that what was going on here that's not right because that didn't happen for another year yeah uh i don't know specifically what burn hollywood burn is referencing um but because that's a song where i am not as familiar with it i think it's just how like hollywood portrays uh black people or how they did portray them in the late 80s early 90s um so yeah 1990 that song was released um so again and and this is going to kind of feed into what i'm talking about but yeah that's that's kind of the hook of that song Oh, I'm glad that you knew because I was I was baffled and like yeah. got myself down this really <laughs> weird rabbit hole for hours right. going right. back and reliving my high school days <laughs> in the riots. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. That so I don't have to cover any of that. I'm glad. Yeah. That live version, the speed at which they're playing it is unreal. They are like hyper speed that song for some reason. They are this this song in any version that they play it in, but especially in the live version. Yeah. They are going so fast yeah. that Ed's actually tripping over his words at times, like, because he's going so fast. Well, and I wonder what they were doing. Like, I wonder if they were just trying to flex, like, look how fast we can do this song. Or if they, like, were, in, in, I don't think they were embarrassed to do it, but maybe they were. I, I don't, they, because, I mean, as a band, you practice and then you go, oh, that's a comfortable speed where I can sing to it. But clearly, yeah, because that is kind of tripping over it from time to time. So it was it was bizarre to me that they were it's cool. It's great to hear Ty just killing it on drums on that the speed for that song. Oh, but, yeah. but yeah, it's it's very weird that uh, that they they all didn't feel super comfortable with it. Well, it, I think it was just like that what they do when they got in front of audiences at that time mm-hmm. at in, that, in their career. 
Um, I think it also had a lot to do with Tyler. I think Tyler really pushed a lot of stuff back mm-hmm. then. And and he had just come into the group a year earlier, I want to okay. say. Um, and they were just, they were new to having him kind of lead things at that point. Because Andy had been leading a lot of the beats at that point. Sure. So I'm wondering if that might have been part of it. Because Ty, Ty admits that he likes to kind of just jazz up the beat and really go at it and really drive it. Especially live. Right. Because if you listen to the rest of that live album and any of their earlier live stuff from that era, they are just going super speed. They're going like one and a half speed on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's also a lot of fun to listen to them at that speed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I always entertaining. And, and just to see what they can do with with, uh, you know, the talents that they have is is incredible, even if, uh, you know, it's it's not the same all the way around even if the singer can't quite keep up with it it's still interesting musically to hear what's going on there oh yeah you may know more about public enemy than than i do i don't know i'm gonna go off on a little bit of a a divergence here for a second in case the audience doesn't know very much about public enemy sure so and you can fill in anything that you know because i will admit i know nothing about public enemy i did not listen except for this song to any public enemy in high school i I mean i gotta say i'm not i'm not (laughs) being a white boy from maine like it does it just didn't jive with me sure sure and i was born uh in uh 85 so really their heyday was when i was a kid uh and i i love rap but um i never really went back and which is crazy because i should you know if i'm into rap which i am i should listen to the the formative you know how how it kind of got started and how it grew into the mainstream but i just never really went back and listened to the uh, public enemy and stuff from that era so i'm not super familiar with them either all right so i'll try to make this conversational but i also will try to just drop some information here and then we'll we'll move on to the bare naked ladies part of it okay so a lot of this I'm getting from different sources on the web, one of which, of course, is Wikipedia. So uh, just because it's the easiest and quickest to go to. Public Enemy's original version of this song was originally commissioned for Spike Lee's feature film, Do the Right Thing. It was going to serve as the reoccurring musical motif for that film. Mm-hmm. They had just come off their second tour and were about to go on another tour with Run DMC. And Spike Lee, like... He wanted the film to be defiant and angry, and he wanted the song to be very rhythmic. Um, so he immediately thought of Public Enemy and approached them and asked them before they went on tour, and they said yes. So while they were flying over Italy on tour, Chuck D wrote most of it. He wanted it to have a similar theme to the Isley Brothers' Fight the Power, which is a very interesting song as well, but not related to this other than just in title. I try to play my music, say my music to lie. I try This is a song, as I, I'm talking more to the audience than you specifically uh, say. Good. <laughs> but, <laughs> that sounded but very our, confrontational already. I was concerned. I am ready to come right at. <laughs> um, if people are thinking that this is a song about fighting authority, they're wrong. Um, it's never been about fighting authority, and I've never thought of it that way either. But I finally found confirmation when I was looking online. The bass player has come out and and said basically the long. The song is about law enforcement is necessary, and as a species, we haven't evolved past that, 
But fighting the power is not about fighting authority. It's about uh, fighting the abuse of power. Huh. Interesting, because I I hadn't read that quote, and that that kind of changes my read of the song a little bit. Because I thought specifically the third verse, um, where it talks about how, you know, Elvis you know, is a hero to people, but fuck him because he's a a racist piece of shit. And John Wayne is a piece of shit because I'm black and I'm proud. Like it very, to me, it very much spoke to the message of like, you know, uh, you know, our, our our icons that we have are, you know, not giving the right message to society. And, you know, most of my heroes don't appear on no stamps. It really felt like an empowerment, a black, a black power, a black power song. Um, and boy, are we two cis white guys talking about black power on a bare naked ladies podcast, which seems to be the exact correct place to do it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, him saying that, uh, kind of flips it on its head a little bit to me. And I wonder how much of that is, is him trying to kind of, I, I don't know if he's trying to soften the image of it or, uh, he said it in 2015, apparently. Now I'm reading the same article that you are. So I wonder if, if they were, if Public Enemy was a lot angrier of a band in 1990 than they were in 2015 or what the deal is. But I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah. Possibly. So Chuck D actually talked specifically about that line that where he's targeting Elvis. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, like, white culture has hailed Elvis as king without acknowledging any of the black artists that came before him that he was very much built upon. For sure. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of get his point. Like, yeah, Elvis is a hero to most of us, but it, you know, what about all those people that he he kind of stole from and stood on the shoulders of? And yep. you know, that that makes total sense. Like, why he would say that? Yeah. So I guess that's hard for me to look into the idea of like fighting an abuse of power. I I guess I guess maybe fight the abuse of power. We love cops is a harder thing to get into a song than fight the power. But I don't know. <laughs> right. I feel like this is a hard... I mean, hey, I am not undercutting what Brian Hardgroove, which is the best last name in the history of last names, yes. uh, says about the message of this song. Um, <laughs> uh, because he... I, I mean, he and his band wrote it, but uh, but that strikes me uh, as very strange. Well, and it was a very different time. Well, actually, not that different than today. Right. Things were kind of boiling over at that time in L.A. as well, um, as and also in New York, with what was going on then very much what's going on now, very sadly with police abusing their right to take care of, which then boiled to a, you know, a year later boiled to the top with the Rodney King trial, Mm -hmm. but had already been going on for months before that, which is why they had, you know, the, uh, I'm not going to remember the name of the band. So I'm messed up, but I remember it has ice cube in it. Um, (laughs) I'm freezing on it and i know and people are yelling at me through their radios right now yeah um, and through their earphones i can't hear you nwa yeah nwa thank you yes with fuck the police john the john wayne one was a much more pointed statement and i think that john that he kind of had it coming because so that one was disparaging john wayne because of his interview with playboy where he came out and he said, I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. I don't believe in giving authority and positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible people. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, uh, un- unreal. And and these, I mean, 
the message is pretty clear is that these are who the media hails as heroes, which is a very, very similar uh, thematic song to Burn Hollywood Burn, which is kind of uh, on the on the same album to Fear of a Black Planet. So it was actually a super popular song released originally on Motown Records, became a number one hit on the rap charts, on the new recording charts, big, huge number one hit for them. And then, of course, Spike Lee then produced and directed two music videos for this song. I'm not sure why he did two, but he did two. <laughs> it's been covered three times. I think it's probably been covered more than that, but I can only find three covers of this. So one was done by DC... DC... Ugh, <laughs> a band I can't say. Uh-huh. DCK for the electro-industrial uh, compilation of Operation Beatbox hmm. back in 1996. 1989. I listened to that and it was and that wasn't that bad. And then in 2011, Dillinger Escape Plan covered the song with Chuck D on the album. Oh, Chuck D's on the song. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's interesting. Yeah, it was kind of neat. I, I was like, oh, thank God the Bare Naked Ladies did this version. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So that's all the background about this song from Public Enemy version. Sure. Let's talk about the Bare Naked Ladies version. Let's go to the yellow tape first. Okay. I don't want to keep coming across as the smarty pants here, so I'm going to let <laughs> like I'll let you kind of start with what you know about the yellow tape, and then I'll supplant anything I know in here as well. About the album itself? Uh, about the album and about this version on the album. I don't know. Oh, And Tracy. then if not, I can always cut this out and see. And no, of course. You're more than welcome to keep it in, but you know full well <laughs> that we are the Know Nothing Podcast. <laughs> it came out in 1991, and yeah. it was yellow. It had it like <laughs> five or six songs on it. Is that correct? It had five. It did. Nailed it. it did. Nailed this it. This was All the right. last one. Okay, yeah, and that explains why it's so short, right? They're just filling time with it? Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Sure, Um, okay. So they were supposed to go down to South by Southwest concert down in Texas the next day. Mm -hmm. And they were given recording time in the recording studio from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. And so they got in the studio, they blew away this tape. And then they still had some time left in this tape. So like, well, what do we fill it with? And they filled it with this and didn't have enough time to do a full version. So they only did a minute 43 seconds of Fight the Power. Got it. Okay. So, so. But it became love so much that they, they were asked to come back and do it for Coneheads. Right. I, I, I wonder how, if, if this was a song. So they had played it live before they put it on the yellow tape, right? It's not like they were in the studio and they were like, what song do we all know? Right. Okay. Got it. Okay. So then. They came in to, in 1992 to record Gordon with with uh, Voyevoda. Mm-hmm. And they did a full version of Fight the Power. And it was a, supposed to be the first song recorded, but then they left it off the album. Mm-hmm. And then they, they used that version later on on the Conehead CD. Right. Really, really odd way of going about it. <laughs> yeah, very strange. But I, I think in the end... Uh... And 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 on our dumb podcast, after we're done with every album, we resequence it. So like, well, here's what B-sides I would have put on and regular tracks I would have left off. And I believe I still left off Fight the Power. I think it was a good idea for them to leave it off of Gordon. I it's don't, a very I, odd song for a white band to be singing. 
thank yes and this kind of yes this is all of my notes is i just keep like every other line when i was listening to the song i was like this is baffling this is tone deaf this is so weird to me Like, how strange. It's the whole idea of this song subverts the meaning of this song, right? It's about a marginalized group of people, like, rising up against the forces that keep them down, except now it's a bunch of white dudes singing about nutty buddy bars. Like, it just reinforces right. the like, struggle. They're like, oh, it's it's trivial. Trivialized. Like, what? A, that's a, it's a real yucky song. Well, and I, I get that Ed's probably, he's, like, highly influenced by the band, I'm sure. Sure. He's also, like, probably absolutely loves the song. As we know that the Baronica Ladies are a bunch of cause heads. So, like, of course they're they're going to want to do something like this. But the inability to see that it actually, back then, I have to say, like, I would not have, being five years younger than them at the time, at that day and age, I would not have recognized how tone deaf that is right. to to be covering that song. Looking back on it with all of my age and wisdom, and I got plenty of it according to my gray hair. <laughs> like, yeah, like it, there is so much tone deafness to this song. Sure, and and, and to it keep is keep the words the same to not change it to <sighs> then show support toward the cause rather than being a person living. The, yeah the struggle yep it hurts a little bit yes. to hear it yes absolutely that nails it exactly it is it's insane to me and i and for a while i was like because before uh you know we sort of got into it i i wasn't sure if there was another version of the song other than the coneheads version and even then i was like 93 it was a different time they were young maybe they didn't get it found out about the yellow tape version i was like okay they were even younger then but not not totally excusable but you know they were dumb kids but then Right before we taped, you sent me a version of them doing this song from 2000 and goddamned nine? The, b- b- ladies, you have got to understand that that is far beyond the time where you should be doing the song about, you know, how black people... A song with a line like, we're black and proud in it, like... Jesus well, and black Christ. man, like, and right. like, we're the black man. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, Ew. absolutely. It made my head spin that they did so many <laughs> versions of it and never stopped. Just they, like, I just don't think they stopped to think about it. <laughs> which is which is nuts because at some point somebody had to have. I mean, do you fuck with the bare naked ladies? Do you say to them like, "Hey guys, I know you are." multi-platinum like a a band that has earned their accolades many times over i mean you just can't talk to them right if they have an idea in their head are they just gonna do it are are you saying they're the george lucas of the music world jesus i don't (laughs) want that to be true but the fact that they fucking did this in 2009 this song really is like the watto of the of the barenaked ladies world right george lucas should have known better (laughs) than to put in a weird jewish stereotype in his movie sure Absolutely. <laughs> I don't exactly. know. It's it's real well, fucking weird. Well, there are other times that we've talked about, and I wish I could think on the top of my head, like right now, like which one it was. But there was an Ed song um, where looking back on it and listening it, to it in today's culture versus 10 years ago, mm-hmm. we were like, um, Ed, like you can't say that. Oh, really? <laughs> um. It, and you'll be coming to it because I want to say it's on Blam. 
Okay. Which again wasn't oh, I wish that's I could remember which that, one it is. Beautiful. 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 Uh what album is that on out of curiosity? That is on everything to No, uh Baronic Ladies Are Men. I was right okay. on that thing. Wow. Um <laughs> So yeah, it, when you get to beautiful, I think you'll see what I mean. I don't want to rehash it all, but yeah, it, it taken from the filter that we ended up taking it from. Sure, you sit there and go, "Oh, Ed, like that's very like demeaning to women. Like you, you can't do that." Yeah, and, and I mean, at the same time, I think that I mean, even we've hit stuff where we said like. You know, it's it's weird, but it's a choice that they're making. Like in um, on Stunt, uh, the song Never Is Enough, you know, where Ed's, Ed's like, clearly it's kind of demeaning towards people with menial jobs. Like, I could do that, but why the <laughs> fuck would I? Why would I fucking plant trees? Why would right? I want to? <laughs> why would I want to? And there it's... It, it it hurts because it's a choice, but you think, well, maybe he's in character here, right? Because when Steve does songs, I want to believe that he's not the piece of shit that he represents <laughs> himself to be in a lot of the songs. So you hope that it's a character. But when you cover a song like this, you're not a character. You're covering the song like uh, <laughs> maddening, maddening. He, he should The one time I, I would have liked to have seen them actually cover this song, though. And I don't think there's any copies of it out there. I don't think there's any way to track it down. Uh, but I would like to have seen them cover the song, but change it up and make it applicable for the situation. Would have been their first concert in Toronto after Mayor June Rollins had found their name offensive and refused to let them play the sure. the New Year's Eve party. Yeah. And in Times Square, and, or not Times Square, in Nathan, uh, Nathan <laughs> Phillips Square. Yeah. Like them coming back, and like that made them big. That's what made them big. Right. But them coming back at the next concert after that and doing it out there would have just been a great big fuck you to them, Taylor. Like yeah. that would have been great. Yeah. Um, yeah it would have been applicable considering what, what the band says that this song is about. So. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I have to admit too, that like bare naked ladies, they were kind of my introduction to, I mean, very light rap. Um, and then I sort of got into it from there and they, they sort of introduced me to, uh, the beastie boys, their cover of shake your rump, which remains, I love that cover so much. It's so playful and fun. And there's such a difference between them covering beastie boys, three white dudes rapping about partying (laughs) (laughs) and public enemies. You know, so it's just like you got to know your audience. You got to know what the fuck you're doing. Well, and you could cover Public Enemy, just not this. Sure. And I mean, it's I, I think it might be hard to find a Public Enemy song that is not in some way political or, you know, about about the plight of, of, of you know, what what African-American people are, are, you know, running into. But yeah, it's still there's got to be a better fucking song. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Or you could write it from the outside point, rewrite it and do it from the outside point of view of a person that is just support. Sure. Like, but but I feel like just then, change it enough. Yeah. If you're rewriting a song like this, I mean, unless you're writing like an answer song or a reply song, if you're just taking the song and changing it, are you weird alling this song? Even if it's a serious cover, like I think you could probably write your own original song that talks about it. You know what I mean? Like taking their song and changing it is again, taking power away from them in some way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. So just weird. Well, And that was the other thing I like, I lost my, my thought for a moment, but now you just like brought it back to me. Like the other thing that makes me really feel weirded out by this song is where they, the one time they do change 
the lyrics to the song <laughs> is about the that where they're making a joke. Elvis was a hero to most buddy. Elvis was a hero to most buddy. Hanson was a hero to most buddy. Rich was a hero to most buddy. Hackett was a hero to most nutty buddy. Was a hero to most buddy. It never meant shit to me. See, I know nutty buddy. It made me gasp when I heard it. <laughs> Jesus. So so like Public Enemy goes. Elvis was a hero to most, and they repeat it four times. Yeah. Bare Naked Ladies does what they did in their early years where they're irreverent and they're just going to have fun with the song and they change and they play that off what you had said, the word, but I never, I never, uh, boy. Yeah, they say, but he, but he never meant much. But or he, but he never and meant they change it to buddy yeah. and then buddy rich and then buddy, buddy you know, Epstein, the buddy Hackett. Yeah. yeah. I get you're having fun with it. Yeah. I get <laughs> what you're doing. Right. This is not a song that you have fun with that <laughs> right. way. You right. know, we're, Mike, Michael Jackson told Weird Al that he could not cover and, and do a parody of Black and White because it was too important a song. Sure, sure. I would go so far as to say the same thing here with Bare Naked Ladies. You cannot make jokes in the middle of this song. Yeah, and, and was you're either going to cover it faithfully or you're not. <laughs> I, I I think that uh um maybe it was um I think it was Paul McCartney too, which we were going to talk about today. Told Weird Al because he was going to do Live and Let Die as Chicken Pot Pie, and right. he was like, "I'm a vegetarian. No, you cannot do Chicken Pot Pie." Like, yeah, if there's I'm, if you got, oh, go ahead. I'm not going to sanction anything that involves the killing of animals in order right. to make food. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, if, if, if they have a message, you have to respect that. I, I wonder, I'm sure there wasn't a conversation between BNL and Public Enemy, but it's just very strange. Very, yeah. very weird. And I, I hate to be, I mean, it's important to be that guy and stand up for stuff, but like, man, you had me on an episode and you had me on Fight the Power, the one where, like, <laughs> I can't be funny on this one. You gotta be like, very good ladies, like, come on, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I know. We've had you on Fight the Power and Born Human now. Yeah, Born Human was okay. That's about a wolf. <laughs> that was, it's cool. Exactly. That was a little, more, <laughs> a little more satirical. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, this one is is absolutely bizarre to me. I like, I kind of, I, I, I was listening and I was wondering and I was like, I wonder what 1990s Ed, and we talk about time travel a lot on our podcast. I wonder what 1990s Ed would say if he could look through a portal at 2019 Ed singing shit like like You and Me versus the World, where he's like referencing like <laughs> MacGyver and Princess Bride. And I wonder if he would be like, What the you you fucking weird old man? Like, this is like a boring country. <laughs> like I just wonder if he would see him and be like, Oh, you've lost your edge. Like, I, I don't Oh, I, I don't, don't know. know, because they do that in some of their older songs. Yeah. They have that with, uh, oh, what's the other B-star that I can't think of now? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I like, they always drop references. You're right. But it's just like, I feel like they've gotten soft and doughy around the middle, right? Where they careless. used to be edgy. Oh, care- yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Couldn't care less. Yes. Like, they, they, like, that whole song is just them being, like, dropping references left and right and making yeah. jokes on them. Yeah. Um, so I'm betting that that Ed would be okay with it. Yeah, but it's yeah. I just I just wonder about the softness. I I just wonder if he uh, if he would see his future self and and wonder where he went. That edgy kid who used to be there. <laughs> I'm still hoping to get him on the show, so I'm gonna say he would like it. <laughs> oh, you don't want me to ruin your chances of you don't want you don't want to become my podcast where we just insult them the whole time. <laughs> right. I have got to it, give him. I can insult, but then I get to back up. <laughs> hey Ed, uh, if you're listening to this one, please come on ours as well. We won't hurt you. <laughs> We can do a big party cast where it's all seven of us or 
<laughs> whatever yeah <laughs> but yeah. i would love that that would be amazing <laughs> Uh, well, do you did you understand um in the the coneheads version um there's there's the john wayne line where originally mm-hmm. they say like what are they, motherfuck him and john wayne and the bare naked ladies one steve is right. not saying motherfuck him and john wayne so i went looking for the lyrics and everybody just puts like x's or a blank there it's and i can't understand that lyric at all and i wonder because that's almost like a linchpin for the song right like if they said you know fuck john wayne great but if they said like you know i'm wearing banana on my head or made some other goof and then something (laughs) about john wayne then it would have again changed the tone of the song a lot it's hard to find the coneheads version anything online i actually had to buy the song off from itunes in order to be able to get it oh really Um, oh okay uh, and of course now i've lost it so by the time i post this i'll be like oh yeah here it is i found it underneath all like 10 piles oh there it is yeah i did find it eventually i just had to find the right spot of my stuff here i mean because usually they will put the lyrics oh really oh okay in the area of the you know the line oh right down below them okay um now of course i got all these ads so it's going to take a load up all the ads so i'm looking at this and while i'm scrolling down through the notes the first thing that's listed is this song did not deserve to be turned into a joke oh really (laughs) so we are not the only one to say this thank god because it's yeah it's crazy and then so the next person says what makes you call this a joke Uh uh-huh and Jacob Stoller, who who's the, made the first statement, said, "Did you listen to it?" <laughs> exactly. One of the great American anthems of civil rage is reduced to a goofy party song. Jesus, yeah, like right on, dude. <laughs> he was a little stronger than I was on that. Yeah, I just, I, I, I but, do feel like the only person who would be able to defend this is like a super BNL stan who's just like, you know, I, I've, oh, I'm sure yeah. they meant well. Like, I don't know. I pre- oh yeah, I'm reading the same well, thing. The last response, and this is like twelve or different. 12 of them down. Last one is, fuck you. It's a homage. I'm like, whoa. Uh, yeah, boy, that's... This uh, escalated quickly. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, But they don't have the lyrics here. So you're right. I don't know what it is that he says yeah. at that point in the song. Don't know. But I wonder, because that, that I think would change. And it's it's impossible. There's too much going on in that part of the song to understand it. But, but I, oh, I, yeah. I have to admit... Well, just, oh, go busy. ahead. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're very busy throughout this song. And they're doing what they, they tended to like to do. They like to throw those little little quips in, in between. And some of that was Flava Flav immediately doing it in right. in the Fight the Power song. Right. Uh, the original. But Steve does throw a couple of extra little bits in there like he likes to do in the early stuff. Yeah. And boy, do they sound like they're having fun. I can never say the Naked Ladies don't sound like they're having a good time. Like this, I love hearing Ed and Steve collab like this. That fight the power chant during the chorus that presumably the rest of the band does. Oh, yeah. It's a blast. Like it's a good time. And I, despite myself, like the the piano, the banjo, whatever it is, straight off the bat is just like it get. It's good. I love it. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah. So instrumentally, this song gets a thumbs up. Oh yeah, they were having a great time. I just yeah. it's a not a great choice. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 Exactly. Um. The other thing I want to say, so like that, the one that I, I sent to you just before we started, the the one on the Ships and Dips tour. Right. Um, which was done one week before Steven left the band. Right. Or was kicked out, whichever way you want to look at mm-hmm. it. I love this because, one, they are having way so much fun on this. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. And it's all six of them, which is great. And another drummer. Who is Seven. That, who is that drummer? 
So that is Ty- the guy who sets up Tyler's drums. What they'll do sometimes in concerts. I covered this a couple episodes ago, and I don't remember what his name is off the top of my head. Um, he sets up the, the drums for Tyler and, right. and tests them out and everything beforehand. And in the middle of the show, if they need someone to step out and be Santa Claus, or they okay. need to kind of fill in some of the the notes, or if they you know they have a certain spot they can't piece that they can't quite fill perfectly, and they want that in there, they'll have him come out and fill that in. I see. Okay, he's the Brian Epstein of the Bare Naked Ladies. He's the yes. okay. Got it. All right. <laughs> Uh, the Pete Best. That's the name I was trying the to Pete think of. The Pete Best, yes. Sure. He's like the Pete Best. Yeah. Except Pete Best really was a Beatle. Right. <laughs> sort of. This guy's never really a B&L, but I see. He, he, he's very important to the band. So, okay. Yeah. I, um, I, get the, I get the reference. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, it's... And, and Steven is so skinny in this uh, video. He really... I did not recognize him. I thought it was someone like Boothby Grafo coming out and covering with right. them. And I went, oh, wait, no, that's... That's actually Steve. Yeah. Oh, Steve, I'm glad you're back to well. Yeah, you. he looks perilously <laughs> thin there. Uh, yeah, and yeah, but I mean, he, he was looking. Bad. The, the man who is in charge of that stage is Andy Cregan. Oh my God, he's having oh, so much fun. Totally. I was so glad to see Andy back. Anytime Andy comes back on any of the songs, I'm like, oh, why can't you just rejoin them? <laughs> right. Uh, I did, I'll forgive I did the... you, little tiny song, <laughs> if you will please come back and rejoin them. I did the most pathetic thing that one can do, which is, uh, you know, of course you type in all the Bannigan ladies' names into Facebook, and he was the only one who came up, so I sent him a friend request that I fully never expect <laughs> anything to happen. But oh, I just I dream at night about being friends with with Andy. Um, that would be amazing. But, uh, yeah, but he is he does a little solo at the end of the song. He like stands up and just jams on the piano, and he's having a oh. fucking blast. I love it so much. And it's so funny. Like anytime he's playing with him. Steve is always near him. Like he and Steve still go along <laughs> so amazingly well. Yeah, um, yeah. They recently just did a tour together. Well, not a tour, but they did five concerts together. Um, which I wish I had had the money to go to Canada and see. Oh wow, that would have been amazing. Yeah. So Stephen was doing his songs along with some bare naked ladies songs, and Andy was. Oh crap! Now that word's got out of my head. What's going on tonight? Um, I don't know. <laughs> he, was orchest- he was running the orchestra. He was. Uh, he was conducting. Mm. Yes, conducting, conducting. He was conducting NWA, the NWA. That was Steven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, was one more. Oh, was like, interesting. Oh, I wish I'd been there. Yeah, that sounds real cool. And I, I saw it coming from months beforehand. So, like every week, I would send an email to both Andy and the orchestra <laughs> and to Steve, saying, "Can you please put this online? Can you please yeah. put it live?" And- and you guys are good friends with uh, with Steve now, right? As he was on your cast. I, I, I wish we were good friends with him. <laughs> what? We got the I'm interview. Sorry, you're... Yeah, and you have his personal phone number. You're BFFs. I, I do have his personal phone number. I really, oh, shit. I, I should go back and, like, call him, but I don't. I just... <laughs> 100% you should. I should. Well, I shouldn't, but I'm so tempted to. Uh, how much do I have to pay you for us to have a very special episode of It's All Been Done where we prank call Stephen Page? Oh, don't tempt me. Oh, my goodness. Just kidding, that Steve. So come on our tempting. podcast. I love you. Steve would think that was hilarious, I think. Oh, I don't know about that, but hopefully. Yeah. Oh, he's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> um, uh, so but, uh, I want to get back to real quickly – what do you give this for a rating? So we do ratings different on our show. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'd love to hear your your 
your up uh, your normal rating that you usually give it, and then we can put a number to it as well, zero to five, sure. of how many we can start with zero to five if it makes you feel better about it. Um, uh, yeah. Why don't uh Why don't you go first with your zero to five? Zero to five. How many spike leads? <laughs> Got it. Do you give this song? Sure. <laughs> Uh, I would say on a scale of zero to five, ah, man, it's hard because it's indisputably a good song. It's a good song that's done well by them. I do not in any way begrudge them their musical talent. Everybody's killing it. Jim is killing it. Ty is killing it. Ed's rap sounds wonderful. Clearly, this was, you know, he was born into rap and he loves it. But they just shouldn't fucking do this. So (laughs) I'm going to give it a negative five wow can i do that so it's a five out of five it's a five out of five but it's negative you should not be doing this (laughs) i don't know what this is gonna do to the mic to the to the software (laughs) oh (laughs) so you actually keep track of all these i i do i keep track of all of them Uh oh sorry dude (laughs) i'm gonna be doing some 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 wonderful uh numbers crunching numbers at the end of all this but i think okay. i've now officially broken the system <laughs> it's, i can it's give it a real rating with a blank screen <laughs> okay Do, should uh, i go a different rating i can nope. just give it like a two oh, okay fine no, negative five it, it is I, I okay good, good. It, okay it's working now God, this is my secret plan for the downfall of your podcast. That's right. Just come back on anytime and give us negatives. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Should have given it an imaginary number. Oh, well. So I love the song. I love listening to it. It's fun. I Once again, all the things we've set up until now, the only thing that would make this even more cringeworthy is if they were doing it in blackface. Like, mm-hmm. that would... That would like take it to the whole next level. Mm-hmm. This is about as far as you can go into a cultural appropriation without doing blackface. Yeah. That being said, if I close my eyes and forget it's bare naked ladies and just enjoy the music, I get I have to give it a three. Sure. So that's where I'm going to go with it. I'm going to give it a three, but I with the asterisk of like, yeah, but we got to remember <laughs> this is bare naked ladies and not sure. public enemy. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, um, so that brings us to an average, because the other people will be adding theirs in later. <laughs> okay. um, that brings us to an average of negative one. <laughs> <laughs> I think this That's... is easily going to go down as the lowest scored Bare Naked Lady <laughs> oh, song ever. No. Um, oh, and that, that's I, saying I a lot. I mean, that, that puts it below Vegetable Town. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I apologize. No, I mean, there's a good reason for that, so... Yeah, yeah, okay. I did give it a five, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Um, what would you give it for your rating, since you guys won't be covering this? Sure, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, The year is 2003. You are a young Saker, and you are attending OhioCon 2003, Ohio's premiere anime convention and you have your cosplay already you are cosplaying as your favorite character from super smash brothers melee which just came out (laughs) the year beforehand so you're in your hotel room and you're putting all of your makeup on and the outfit and when you're all done you look in the mirror and you realize that you're wearing of course a black zentai bodysuit uh, which is head-to-toe spandex bodysuit. You're wearing a balaclava, a b- black balaclava, 
and you have painted the parts of your face that are not covered by the balaclava with black face paint because you are, of course, going as Mr. Game & Watch, your favorite character from Super Smash Brothers Melee. Of course. And when you look in that mirror, you realize, I cannot go out in public like this. People who do not know what is going on <laughs> will kill me. They will shoot me. I will be hurt badly. And for good reason. Because it very much appears that I am going outside in blackface. So for that matter, this song is 2003 Saker at an anime convention in unintentional blackface. Just like the Bare Naked Ladies are today. In 2009! They did it after I did it! I was... I was... 16 years old and I have the good sense to not go out of my hotel room like that. Exactly. <sighs> and they have 10 years on you. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. yeah. Dummies. Oh, well. They're <laughs> wonderful anyway. They live the the rich life, so... I, I get it. Ships and dip, you have to deep dive. You're doing songs you vowed you would never do because you have 400 concerts on a boat. Like, yeah, I get it, but come on. That's the one, the one out of the whole catalog you avoid. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But there you go. <laughs> I love it. That's a great rating. So here's what I had thought of. I love community theater. And sometimes community theater can be almost as good or maybe even better than Broadway shows. And I love the show Full Monty. It is a great variation on the movie. And it's an amazing story and perfect for community theater, given the plot. This song reminds me very much of the Full Monty as it is a variation on an original. And it can be great. So, here's the scenario. I go to see the Full Monty at a local community theater. And I am very excited and enjoying it until halfway through they introduce Horse, the African-American character. And it is a man doing it in blackface. The actor is hitting all the lines. But I just can't get over the cringeworthiness of it. And the whole show just feels like Scrubs! I know how this show is supposed to end. Production that I was in had the actors remove their hats from their genitals just as the lights dropped quickly. And you know they are fully nude. But I just can't stick around that long because I feel like someone is hitting me with a big-ass rock. So I never get to truly, fully enjoy the full Monty and the final moments where it's bare-naked. And instead, I just get to know that at some point it will be bare-naked because of the unintentional racism. That is my take. Hey guys, this is Michelle, and I'm here with my thoughts on Fight the Power, the Bare Naked Ladies cover of it. I listened to the yellow tape version and I listened to the conehead version and I listened to the live version of them on the uh, live from Toronto. And I have to say the yellow tape is my favorite version, but I think that's because it reminds me of them doing it live on the WCLZ patio concerts. I think that they did that because I remember hearing it on the radio, the live version and thinking, oh my God. And it surprised me. Um, but this is when I was first kind of getting into the Bare Naked Ladies and I heard them do that and I was like, huh, that's interesting. I know the yellow tape version came out in 91, but I wasn't listening to them at that time. 
And Tracy, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. I might be, but I'm pretty darn sure that they did fight the power on the CLZ um, concert somewhere. I have no idea where, but in a box somewhere, I have got a cassette tape recording of the CLZ concert um, that I taped off the radio with my boom box. Yes, people, that's right. I said cassette tape boombox and recording but i have to say i like the song a lot i like their version of it the you know the coneheads version is more polished but to me the essence of the song i want to hear them do it live i want to hear them going back and forth you know totally off the chain who knows what they're going to say who knows what is going to happen between ed and steve but again this is one of those songs where it really highlights their how good they are riffing off of each other and getting ideas from each other. Um, and that's why I like the live version of it. So it's a great song. I mean, and we need it more today than ever. Uh, but having said that, I'm going to give it a four just because, well, I don't know how to, I feel like because it's a cover, I feel like, I don't know how to rate it. I almost want to give it a 4.5 um, just because it's awesome but that's for the yellow tape version. I have to consider all the versions and give it, I'm going to stick with my original score and that's a four. It's damn good, um, but I want the live version. Okay, I hope you guys are having a great time and we'll talk to you soon. Uh, by the way, thanks a lot for introducing me to Hello from the Magic Tavern. Oh, you're quite welcome. It's a great show, right? It's a great show. That's an earworm <laughs> that has dug its way all the way to my brain. Oh yes, it is. Uh, it's wonderful. And I was, we were lucky enough to just have Tim Sniffin on our uh, our Never Do Anything episode, the voice of the mysterious man. He was so good. I know. I was, I was just starting to break away and be like, okay, I can put this away for a little while. I've listened. Yeah. I listened to like 130 episodes. <laughs> I can, and then Tim came on. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I gotta go back and listen to more episodes. <laughs> uh, Just when I was yeah. ready to get it to put it away, for, there are almost two hundred episodes at this point. Yeah, for sure. They've been on uh, on hiatus for the last couple months uh, between seasons two and three, but they're coming back. Uh, I believe July twenty second, and I'm here for it. I'm psyched. Oh, I wish yeah. I could be there. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to catch up on two episodes, two hundred episodes, though? Oh, truly, I cannot. I listen to too many. I listen to 12 podcasts a week, um, which oh. is too many podcasts. And I can't catch up with what I have in my backlog on iTunes. So, no, I get you. No, no I'm giving up. I'm waving the white flag. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And speaking of white flags. No, no worries. I think we should call a, cr a truce on any animosity between our podcasts. If there ever is. But... I, I get. All right, fine. Fine. The hatchet right. is buried. You got. You guys are totally different. Like you, we, get, you guys come at in a different direction. It's true. Yeah. If people, I don't think that any bare naked ladies fans like our podcast, which is fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we're here for. I so would disagree. Okay. I, I've read the iTunes reviews. There are a lot of BNL fans that love you guys. I go to sleep at night, There's... and the names Jorky and Bubba Hotep just. <laughs> They, they're in my brain, and they don't go away. <laughs> I was just going to tell you. There are the, so we're two completely different. There's, uh -huh. you, there's your, your, your way of attacking B&L songs. There's our way of attacking them <laughs> and loving them. Right. And for some reason, 
Jorky and Bubba Hotep need to start their own <laughs> because they don't like either of us. <laughs> sure. Yes, absolutely. Which is very, very funny to me. <laughs> but no, we don't care. We read the one star reviews on the podcast. I actually very much enjoy them. So it's all yeah. good. They, they don't hurt me at all. I'm not upset. It's fine. I don't care. You don't even care. <laughs> I, they were our first review, and our jerkies <laughs> was, and I and Doug, and then I'm like, eh. uh, you have a thicker skin than me, my friend. I would have stopped the podcast and deleted every episode from the pod or from the internet. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I was tempted, and then my my fellow podcasters like told me like, what are you doing? No, you love this. You, no, we're not letting you. Of course, yeah, now where yeah. are they? Um, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> So, uh, oh, um, what, what were we talking about? Oh, <laughs> I saw I saw uh, Dave Matthews Band a couple weeks ago with my wife. Oh, yeah? Okay, how was that? Dave Matthews Band fan. Yeah. Uh, I have to say that even though Boyd isn't there, sorry, Boyd, make better choices in your life, <laughs> they found a great way to cover his space, like with the horns and the keys and Tim on the guitar. Like, they, like... They rocked it out, and and one of my oh. favorites of theirs is is ants marching, and they were just like on that spot where they normally rock it live, mm-hmm. and he is just like I swear he must go through through five fiddles during <laughs> that song. Right, um, you didn't miss him. Like wow, he, they covered him so incredibly well. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, very cool. That's cool to hear. So, how did I get the ants? Ants, black flag. Uh, oh, yeah. You kill ants with black flag. Yeah. Wait, okay. Why was I talking about black, black flag? Um, you, listen, you're in IABD territory now where we have no idea what we're talking about at any time. I don't so. know. Anyways, I, next week we're talking about the song The Flag. So, th- oh. we'll, we'll get to it. Um, oh, there goes Maybe the by river. then I'll remember it. Right. <laughs> So, anyways, I have really, truly loved having you on today, Saker. I do hope you come back for another B-side at some point in the future. Anytime, my friend, anytime. Uh, anytime that you want me on, feel free. We'd love to, to cross over anytime because you guys have a great jo- a great time over on your podcast as well. We do. We have a lot of fun. So, yeah, come listen to uh, come listen to us. Uh, it's all Been Done American Ladies podcast, yeah. and uh, we're at Been Done Pod on Twitter. Please go listen to that. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll have you on sometime. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much. Cool. That was fun. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe one. We need to put this behind us and work together. To get Stephen and BNL back together again. At least if the bare naked ladies are done, then we don't have to continue to discuss every single song. Shut up, Saker. If there is no bare naked ladies, then I'll never get to fight you again. What? You're the reason I stay up until 2 a.m. editing every single episode until I feel absolutely sick. You know, you you could just edit it the next day. You're the reason why I listen to another postcard 27 times in a week. You're the reason I get up at 4.30 in the morning to post this week's podcast episode. You're the reason that my children cry, Daddy, please change the song, on the way to soccer and track practices. And if it wasn't for you, I would have never learned how deeply my friends love Bare Naked Ladies. So if you help me save the Bare Naked Ladies, Make their music what it used to be. 
we will have something to quibble over. You will be my greatest nemesis. You will save us. You just said us. Yeah. Bare Naked ABCs. And it's all been done. How about it's all been done and Bare Naked ABCs? Done. And done again. Like, as in, it's all been done? I see what you did there. <laughs> hey, I'll help you save Bare Naked Ladies. Now let's go ruin Evan and Aaron's podcast. Hi, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Joe. Sugar We're Going Down podcasting is exactly what it sounds like. Each week, we get a random Fall Out Boy song and discuss it in various ways, such as... What are its merits musically? Is it a bop? Does it have chugs? It's lyrical complexity. Sometimes Pete writes a triple entendre, and sometimes he doesn't even finish the first entendre. Does the video make any goddamn sense, though? Usually, no. How gay does it make us feel? Usually a lot of gay. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your personal podcatcher of choice and get a new episode every Wednesday until it kills us. Caitlin, is this more than you bargained for yet? Honestly, it already is. Ha <laughs> ha!